Good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday to you. My name is Tim Harris. It's 10 o'clock. Y'all know what that means. It's time for Tim with Tim. Uh, thank you for being with me. Thank you for making this a part of your week, a part of your time in the Word. Uh, the fact that you involve me, include me in your time with God, your time in the Word, is, uh, is just the highest honor for me, and I just can't thank you enough, and I can't express what that means to me. Thank you. Uh, I'm doing the same thing for you. Uh, I make you a part of my time in the Word, and it makes me study harder, and uh, and I hope learn more. Uh, Acts chapter 14 is where we are. We go verse by verse. Acts chapter 14 today, the whole chapter, verses 1 to 28, uh, finishing up Paul and Barnabas's first missionary journey. We pick up right there uh, after the uh, you know uh, terrible uh, persecution there uh, and the uh, confrontation in Antioch. Uh, uh, city in Antioch, uh, Paul and Barnabas didn't go on to Iconium, where the scripture just says, same thing happened there. So we're going to start seeing a pattern. Uh, and it's interesting that Paul and Barnabas are consistent with their pattern, their strategy, even though it almost always ends up the same way with, with their persecution. But they try to go to the Jews first. Now, at the end of yesterday, into chapter 13, I mean, Paul was pretty mad and it sounded like he was done with the Jews forever. But as I pointed out, he was really done with the Jews, you know, in, in Antioch, <laughs> but um, not done with the Jews everywhere. The, the, never forget the fact that Paul has a lot of Jewish converts, and the scripture points that out, but he has a lot of Jewish converts too. When he goes into a town, if there is a synagogue, he goes there first, and then from there begins to branch out and preach to everybody else, but always to the Jews first, which I think is really interesting and a good strategy. Uh, don't let it be lost on you that Paul never stopped thinking of himself as a Jew. And he thought of Jesus as the Jewish Messiah, and he's preaching from the Jewish scriptures. It makes perfect sense to him to go to the Jews. He thinks that the Jews should be most receptive to the good news that their Messiah has come. You know what I'm saying? For us as you know, Gentile Christians, you know, for us, it's like, why is he wasting time with the Jews? But, you know, gosh, Paul was a Jew. There were his people. And he never stopped praying that they would all come to know uh, the, the Messiah, Jesus. Anyway, same thing happened in Iconium. This pattern of mixed response, this pattern of eventual non-believing Jewish persecution. Uh, also just shows how Paul makes a beeline to the big cities. Uh, I think that's interesting. Again, as a Southern Baptist believer, which I am, Southern Baptists are mostly churches, you know, not in big cities. I know there's some mega churches in some mega cities, but... Mostly, you know, we, we think you know, we, churches are smaller and rural, and um, I guess even in the United States as a whole, cities are largely secular, and, the, you know, the, the Bible Belt is out here, you know, where the corn and wheat grow. But, uh, but Paul really considered the gospel of such urgency. you got to go where the people are. And so the gospel was for the Jews first, but also in many ways for the cities, for the big population centers, which is where he always goes. Now, we start out here talking about Paul's ministry in Iconium, uh, again, uh, it just points out that, that they have this mixed response, but they stay, that they just continue to preach boldly, and the Holy Spirit gives them this power with their witness so that they're able to uh, show signs and wonders as, uh, as an authentication of their message. Um, once more, a mob of Gentiles and Jews, along with their leaders, decide to attack and stone them, so they have to head out of town. Verse 6, when the apostles learned of it, interestingly, Paul and Barnabas are called apostles. Paul 
will call himself an apostle by that technical, you know, connotation there of an eyewitness to the risen Christ, you know, and, and, and all of that. Barnabas probably doesn't fit that definition. Here, apostle just means, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's typical usage, meaning one who is sent. It's just one who is sent. Uh, and so Paul and Barnabas are missionaries sent out from the church at Antioch. After they flee Iconium, they head down to uh, uh, Lyconia and, uh, and Lystra and Derb, and that uh, uh, adventure is described in verses 8 and following. While they were at Lystra, Paul and Barnabas come upon a man with crippled feet. Paul heals him, uh, which is, of course, a display of great power. And when the crowd sees this, uh, they uh, start shouting out in their local dialect, oh my goodness, the, the gods are in human form. Okay, a couple of things. First off, there's probably no synagogue in Lystra because they don't go to the synagogue. You understand there's a pattern. And so if they're not at the synagogue, then, uh, then there is no synagogue, which means this is an entirely pagan city. We know there are some Jews there that have opposition from some Jews, but also we're going to learn in a couple of chapters that this is where Timothy and his mother are from. So there are Jews there. But uh, by everything else we know, it makes sense that there's not a large Jewish population. There's, this is a very pagan city. And so being a very pagan city, they have no uh, means of interpreting the power of Paul and Barnabas other than by their own pagan religious worldview. And so they decide, oh my goodness, this must be a Hermes and Zeus. Barnabas gets to be Zeus. I don't, I don't know. I, again, I know it's all terrible. You don't want to be, uh, you know, worshipped as a pagan god. But if I'm going to be one, I think I want to be Zeus. <laughs> Zeus is like the main god. Zeus is the the main. I mean, there's a temple of Zeus here. So Barnabas is kind of, whoa, you know, Zeus. Paul gets to be Hermes. Uh, Hermes was considered the inventor of human speech, the, the god of oratory. And so since Paul was the main speaker, they think he must be Hermes. But still there's a little bit of, mm, you know, why can't I be Zeus? Uh, I'm just kidding. They don't want to be Zeus or Hermes. There is ancient legend that Zeus and Hermes had previously traveled together and come to earth together. So it's just this, the second coming of Hermes and Zeus. Um, at first, they're doing all this in their language. And so Paul and Barnabas are just, you know, standing back like, you know, yeah, ooh, <laughs> they, have no, they have no idea what's going on. They just think they're really popular all of a sudden. They just think, man, we are killing it in Lystra, man. And man, the people love us here. And then all of a sudden, they bring in these bulls to sacrifice to them. And Paul and Barnabas now realize, oh my goodness, they're worshiping us, you know. And uh, I don't mean to make any joke about that. That's, you know, we remember what happened to, you know, Herod Antipas when he let people worship him. God struck him down and, you know, gave him his horrible case of worms. So Paul and Barnabas, you know, uh, ripped their clothes. It's a sign of grief. It's a sign of, uh, you know, incredible dismay. Uh, and uh, again, you can't do this. It's blasphemy to Paul and Barnabas. What follows is Paul's first, in the book of Acts, it's the first sermon preached to abject pagans. So just, I think that's interesting. Paul's preaching to pagans, and and uh, he's got a gun to his head while he does it, you know, because they're worshiping him, and he's trying to settle this down. And so it's kind of an urgent sermon, but notice what he does here. I just think it's interesting. Uh, notice there's no reference to the scriptures, no reference to the Old Testament, because they don't know the Old Testament. 
Uh, it, it wouldn't make any sense to them. So now Paul is just preaching from a biblical worldview, but, but he's preaching to pagans. And notice his themes here. While, you know, to the Jewish audience, he would speak of God's promises, you know, through the patriarchs and the fulfillment in Jesus. Here, you know, Paul just speaks of the creator God. You know, just this, this creator God. I mean, goes right back to the very, you know, fundamentals of monotheism just to say, you know, you know, worshiping us is vain and useless. We're just humans, you know, just like you. Uh, but we represent this God. We come to bring you the good news that you should turn from these worthless things and turn to the living God, you know, one God, the living God who made all of these things, the God who is the source of all of these things. So it's just the creator God who is the Lord over nature. He talks about the one who sends rain and, and good crops, but... Uh, I'm telling you, they weren't listening. They were too busy, you know, trying to plan a worship service with Paul as Hermes and Barnabas as Zeus. The only thing that shuts that down, of course, is when the Jews arrive from Antioch and Iconium. Uh, again, don't let it be lost. Don't let it be lost on you that these guys traveled a long way to continue harassing Paul and Barnabas. You know, they came all the way from Antioch, Pisidian Antioch, all the way from Antioch and Iconium. And, uh, and, and they, you know, they, you know, they spread lies. They, you know, told their side. And, and in other words, just turned the crowd against Paul and Barnabas. And in this case, uh, they stoned Paul and drag him out of town for dead. They were worshiping him like 10 minutes ago, and then they turned on him and stoned him. You know, I don't know if it's the frustration, the disappointment that he wasn't a visiting God that was probably going to bring them blessings. I, I don't know. But uh, Paul isn't dead. He's just mostly dead. And they drag him out. He gets back up the next day, goes right back into town. And then the next day, he and Barnabas leave for Derb. Uh, again, Paul and Barnabas uh, re return after that. Derb is their uh, furthest point of, of mission. And they actually could have turned right back around and headed back to Syria and Antioch uh, by way of Tarsus, I think. Uh, I'm, I'm not looking at a map. I mean, I have one right behind me here. Uh, but I believe that, was, that, that would have been a shorter route. But they decided instead to retrace their steps. Hey, why don't we just go back to all the places where they tried to kill us? They retraced their steps and visit all the churches they just visited, which I just think is beautiful. It stresses the importance of follow-up, you know, and nurture. So it says, after preaching the good news in Derb, making many disciples, Paul and Barnabas, and returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch of Pisidia, all the way back, you know, down through Pisidia and Pamphylia, Perga, and then Adaliah. I think it's just amazing. And it also says that here that three purposes in each of those places, like three functions. First, they want to encourage and strengthen the disciples, strengthen these new believers. Second, they want to prepare them for persecution. Obviously, they've seen Paul and Barnabas suffer in every single town, in every instance, and Paul and Barnabas just want them to know you know, it's not just going to be us that they turn against. They'll turn against you too. Paul and Barnabas just want them to know that suffering is a part of the gospel. And then they establish leadership. They appoint elders in each congregation, in each church, so that there will be a structure of, of responsibility and accountability there in the church. After that, they head back to Syrian Antioch. Uh, and they, uh, they show their slides up on the screen. And they give their missionary report. 
uh, and they stay there for a long, long time, the scripture says. It must take some time for the word to get back to Jerusalem because uh, where we pick up in chapter 15, uh, eventually people got some questions about this uh, mission to the Gentiles. We'll pick up right there. Chapter 15 is a very, very important chapter in the book of Acts. So we'll spend some time there tomorrow. Chapter 15, verses 1 to 35. I love you guys so much. It's a beautiful day. It is turning spring, y'all, and I'm, I'm here for it. I'm ready for some warm weather. Have a beautiful Wednesday. It's a day that the Lord has made. Stay in the Word. Stay faithful. Stay grateful. And I will see you in the morning, Lord willing, 10 o'clock for Tim with Tim. I love you all so much. Have a great day.